there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Now that I figured out the phone lines, listen, I I realize we had people who were on hold and they gave up because I was having phone issues. I got my issues fixed. Well, those issues. Those issues of mine are fixed. So you can call in 877-973-7425. But before I do that, I'm about to get myself in trouble. I know I'm going to get myself in trouble. I just know it. I, I, I do. If a midget smokes weed, does he get high or just regular? Your mama's so fat, even Dora couldn't explore your mom was so fat, she saw a school bus full of white kids come down the road and yell, Twinkie. <laughs> I personally find them funny. But more likely than not, you've gotten offended. What do you call a psychic midget in trouble with the law? A small medium at large. I, I, listen, you, you can't tell those jokes. You're not supposed to tell those jokes anymore. It's punching. Well, of course, it's a midget joke, so of course it's punching down. But I mean, you get my point. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to punch down in comedy. You're not allowed to tell a joke about it unless it's a white. You can tell a joke about Trump supporters. You can tell a joke about white people. You can tell a joke about Christians, but you can't tell a joke about anybody else. You you can't be an equal opportunity offender anymore. Because the arbiters of taste are of the left, of the cultural left. And the arbiters of taste said funny is not allowed. I've mentioned before Hannah Gadsby. She's a comedian. Well, I I use comedian air quotes. Comedian, insufferably uh, progressive. She had a a monologue, dissertation, what a commentary. I won't call it comedy because it wasn't on Netflix called Nanette, and it was not funny. It was about her mental health struggles and all that, and it wasn't funny. And people said, oh, she's a comedian, and and she's not funny. You hateful bigots! We're in post-comedy now. You're not supposed to laugh at the comedy. This is actually people were saying this, that you're not supposed to laugh at Yes, you're supposed to laugh at comedy now. I laugh at all sorts. I laugh at jokes about myself, but you're not allowed to tell. You're not allowed to tell any jokes anymore that might offend somebody. And here comes Dave Chappelle, and he tells all sorts of jokes. I, I one of the the bits of his his new routine on uh, Netflix that I just I find it absolutely hysterical is where he's talking about. Imagine I'm in Walmart with my wife and kids. And then he stops. He says, now you should know if this happens for real, I have failed at my dreams to be shopping in Walmart with the poor whites looking for mediocre products and getting mediocre service. (laughs) I just, I find, y'all, I dread to go to Walmart. I I dread going to Walmart. I will not. It's like CVS and Walmart are the two places on planet Earth. I refuse to go. I, I I would rather go to a, a I, I don't know, a, a, a proctologist who has no arms. I, I, I just, I, I have no desire 
to go to a Walmart or a CVS because the service is awful. I found it very funny. But people are very upset with him. Well, you know who else they're upset with? They're upset with the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee has been poking fun of the left, and they've been poking fun of the left so much that the left is like, that's not funny. It's not funny. You're, you're laughing at me. It's not funny. It's punching down. I, you know, I agree with Chappelle. He, he, one of the things he says is, what is it punching down? You just, you just, you're telling a punchline. You're not punching down. You're not punching up. And what is notable is that they think that the, the Babylon Bee is punching down towards them when really they're the tastemakers. They're above the bee and the bee is punching up and getting them right in the, well, what some would refer to as the daddy button. Get them right there. They don't like it. They don't like it. The Babylon Bee, the, the Atlantic has a, a story on this. The Babylon Bee, an online satire publication, has become a popular destination for Christians disaffected with megachurch culture and right-wingers who crave clever commentary about the hypocritical left. Emma Green is writing this and, and just doesn't know what she's got. Now, listen, I got a full disclosure here. I, I'm I'm jealous of the Babylon Bee guys to a degree. I like them tremendously. They We don't always agree on stuff. We've had... Uh, theological back and forths on stuff. I know Adam Ford, the creator who passed it off. Uh, I, I I know a little bit uh, the, the guys who are there now. I'm, I'm kind of jealous of they, I, I want to write, when I grow up, I want to be a Babylon Bee writer. Uh, I like interacting with them. Uh, the camaraderie that those guys have, I, I just, I, I kind of like that. I, I have great camaraderie with Philip and, and Charlie here. Uh, and those guys, they just, they, they seem to take everything to a next level. And it's just, they seem like fun people. I'm a little jealous of them, and, and they get to they get to laugh at the left on a daily basis. Well, Emma Green is profiling the Babylon Bee. They have a book coming out, by the way. I, I They asked me to write a bur- blurb for the book, and I did. And it's, it's explaining intersectionalism and wokeness. Kyle Mann, uh, the editor, talks on college campuses. He came to comedy almost by accident. He had a high-pressure job in construction sales before working at the Bee. He first got involved with the site by cold pitching a joke. Although political humor drives much of the Bee's web traffic, the publication's signature hits focus on what the writers see as shallowness in the evangelical world. And there's a lot of shallowness. The, e, the Babylon Bee's jokes on essential oil are gold. And now they have a guide to wokeness co-authored with Joel Berry, the managing editor. And Emma Green is doing this interview with Kyle Mann. And it's very clear she doesn't get this. Listen to this. Who is the audience for the Babylon Bee? This is what Kyle Mann says. I, I'm always amazed when we get emails from overseas missionaries who are underground and can't reveal where they are, being like, hey, you guys are keeping us sane. The boomers love us. We got the boomer humor market locked down. And Green says, are, are you proud of that or are you a little ashamed? And Mann says, Gen Z humor sucks. So I'm cooled with being called boomer humor. And every time I go to do a speaking engagement, there are a lot of college students who are maybe the only conservative in their class in a lot of areas being the conservative is punk rock, you know? For them, it's like you guys are writing comedy that doesn't hate me. It's like they found their underground cabal of secret comedians who agree with them. And as it it goes down a little further, it's pretty clear that 
she doesn't get the humor. You guys wrote an article in January 2020 that was shared roughly 3 million times claiming that Democrats called for the American flag to be flown at half-staff when the Iranian General Qasem Soleimani was killed in an American strike. What makes this funny? I know that's the worst question to ask somebody who writes jokes. <laughs> he says it's funny because General Soleimani died and they called for flags to be flown at half-mast. Get it? But what I'm saying, but, but that's what I'm saying. Besides just saying the joke again, what makes it funny? She doesn't get why it's, I get why it's funny because, you know, it, it's they're saying what a lot of us are thinking and they're making fun of it. There, there's another one. Where's I, I got a word search. But here's one. Here, this is it. I want to talk to you about one of the drawings in your new book. One at the beginning of chapter two, which is about race. It has three little stick figures. I've seen these stick figures. They are not well-drawn stick I just, I want the Babylon Bee writers to know they're better at jokes than they are their drawings. I just, I I, I, I should have said that in my blurb. For, it's actually really good, but nonetheless. So she says, it's three little stick figures. One that's peach colored that says bad. One next to it that's gray that says better. One to the right that says best. That one is black. Notice, first of all, how she questions them. That last one's black. Why do you mean? Why do you mean that one's best? What's your implication, Kyle, man? And then she asks, she says out loud this. Why do you think that is funny? And he replies, well, it's because being peach is not good. Being gray is better and being black is best. Right, she says, but you, you're not talking about stick figures. You're making a joke about how progressives think about the hierarchy of race. Man responds, I'm not going to sit here and deconstruct and explain every joke to you. We're taking this ridiculous position in order to mock something, to make fun of this idea that your skin color matters in setting up an hierarchy of the oppressed versus oppressor class. If you really don't get the joke, I can't help you. You were saying before that you think part of what makes jokes work is that they tend to hold a seat of truth. Do you think the mentality you're describing is actually true of progressives in America? Duh. Duh. See, here's the thing. Um, so if I go to the Babylon Bee right now, the Babylon Bee, this is one of those things, you know, they, they tell you in law school, never ask a question without knowing that, without knowing um, well, I'm going to go because I know at the Babylon Bee, the headlines I'm going to find are actually funny headlines. IRS agents bust seven-year-old for getting more than $600 worth of birthday presents. For sake of diversity, DC introduces straight Christian Robin. <laughs> Cat rests up in preparation for long night running up and down stairs. Concerning growth in number of giant flies as adventurers keep slaying all the giant spiders. Boy who pointed out the emperor has no clothes banned for more mis for misinformation. Then I love this one. NFL removes all coaches, players, fans who have ever said a bad word. Only Tim Tebow remains. I mean, they, they poke fun at a lot of what's going on currently. 
And then you get over to the onion. And they go after conservatives in predictable ways. Some of it's humorous. NASA lights astronauts on fire in order to simulate life on Venus. White House warns supply chain shortages could lead Americans to discover true meaning of Christmas. And a lot of it is just liberal pablum. A lot of it isn't funny. The Babylon Bee is deeply funny. The Babylon Bee is actually a very, very funny website. But it pokes fun of the left, and you're not allowed to do that anymore. And because the left, they are the tastemakers of the age, you're not allowed to laugh at them. And I actually think we need more laughter of the leftists. One of the things I miss about not having Rush Limbaugh around is that Rush Limbaugh was a master of laughing at the insanity of the left. It is very funny. It is funny. And very few people want to laugh. And part of this as well is that we got two different genres of comedy now. People on the left really only like to laugh at conservatives, to make jokes about Trump supporters. People on the right actually have a broader range of things. We'll laugh at Trump supporters. We'll laugh at ourselves. You can't laugh at the, the left doesn't want to laugh at the left anymore. Look at how their anger is at Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle ends his stand-up routine by talking about a transgender friend of his who committed suicide. After several days of being bullied for defending Dave Chappelle. He says she this this comedian, transgender woman, was part of his tribe. He didn't know what the transgender community did for this person, but the person was part of his tribe and he took care of them. The fact that he's even got to delve into tribalism, we have become so tribal. Here is the Atlantic trying to do something about the Babylon Bee to make sense of it. And they don't get what it is. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They can't process it because it actually makes humorous jokes about things on the left that the left thinks are now sacrosanct. You're not allowed to make jokes about them. You remember back in the day, the left-wing comedians, they would make jokes about Christians and Christianity, jokes about communion and the like. And yes, famous stand-up comedians would, would poke all sorts of fun at Christians. Because they felt like Christianity was the, the dominant place in society and they were on the outside and now they're on the inside and they can't stand that people are poking fun at them. We need more Babylon bees. We need more midget jokes. We need more Dave Chappelle's. We need more comedy. The greatest thing this country could do to heal or the greatest thing conservatives could do is to stop being angry and insane like the left and tell more jokes and laugh more at them and make them more the butt of jokes. I, 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 think, I think we should all be laughing at the left. And to the extent they don't get it, it makes it even funnier. <laughs> <clears throat> a listener just sent me a list of your mama jokes. I, I have a soft spot for the... Okay, if y'all want to really know how... my I have an awful sense of humor. I've 
fully admit it. I fully admit that that I laugh at Helen Keller jokes. <laughs> and yo mama jokes. And everybody just sent me one I, I'd never heard before. Yo mama is so old when she was young, rainbows were in black and white. <laughs> I just, I, I, I enjoy these jokes. I do. I'm sorry if they offend you. So many people want to be offended by so many things. This reminds me. Charlie got uh, attacked on social media for pointing out, uh, you know, the the so the Las Vegas Raiders, they lost their coach, John Gruden, and they have the first openly gay NFL player. Now, Gruden said some uh, v- very bad pejorative things about uh, gay recruits in the NFL and the like. But what, one of the one of the things that he said, uh, I mean, he he just it wasn't wasn't good. But this this player needed a day off work to process that the coach in private emails from years ago had said bad things. Now listen, I understand that that people sometimes have to process. I I understand that. But you got to have a day off work because your boss said mean things to other people, not about you in emails. I mean, we we, we have just become a, a weak people, if that's the case. We have. I Look, I totally get people need time to grieve when they lose a loved one. I totally get people need time to process when something bad happens to them. But nothing bad happened to this player. His coach said mean things in emails that were private until the New York Times published them, and they were all done years ago. But he needs time to process it? Really? And, you know, the quarterback for the Raiders is like, well, I think everybody needs to be open. Nobody in the NFL is ever going to use email again. Uh, you're going to get, man, I couldn't work in the NFL because you know what's going to happen now. Hey, dude, call me. I had to do this with a friend of mine the other day. I, I had to I had to get a friend to call me to tell him something because I didn't want to put it in, in writing. I just needed to tell him. And I, I hate to use the, I hate it when people call me. I hate to call people. I don't want to bother people. Now everybody in the NFL is going to be calling people because they're going to want nothing in writing anymore because if anything else, they're, 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 they're players. Well, we'll need time to process because we're overly sensitive people. You're in the NFL for God's sakes. You're going to get tackled. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Maybe we can deal with the phone issue and get some phones. I'm, I'm having to use a different system than I normally use, and it has this weird delay in it, and... It's getting frustrating having conversations with people, but I shall move on because I got stuff to talk about. The media and Joe Biden. I I could get, I'm just exhausted by this topic, but it's it's news. Yo, the American media needs Joe Biden to win. So much of the coverage we've got right now from the media is about helping Joe Biden win. And you've got to understand what's going on here. And and I want to be clear with some caveats and carve-outs here. There are some fine journalists in America across networks 
from CNN to Fox News to NBC to the New York Times to the Washington Post, there are some really good journalists out there. I always read what Jonathan Martin writes in the New York Times. I may not agree with him, but he's a good reporter. I pay attention to what Jake Tapper says on CNN and John King at CNN. They are fine reporters. I may not always agree with some of their takes on stuff, but they're good people, and they try to do in-depth and fair coverage. Brett Baer at Fox News, Dana Perino, even frankly, the, the folks at Fox and Friends do a very good job of covering the news, and they get trashed all the time for covering the news, and I actually think Fox and Friends does an extraordinarily good job at covering news people in middle America actually care about, and their rating success shows it. There are really good people in the press, and you, you, I think they deserve to have their name checked and say, pay attention to what these people say. You may not always agree with them. Phil Mattingly at CNN is one of the best political reporters in Washington. He's now at the White House. He, he's continually promoted because he is sharp, he is good, he is thorough, he is fair. There are good people covering the news in Washington, D.C., who, yes, they may have biases, but they try to be mindful of those biases, and they try to correct for them and how they cover. They don't go just ask wackadoo Republican to say, oh, I got a Republican in here too, the craziest one I could find. No, they go find the people who actually people pay attention to. But there are a lot of reporters who aren't like that, and I think, frankly, the majority of the political press does lean left, was triggered by Donald Trump, was perturbed by January 6th, and wants Joe Biden to win. Now, I, I got to say something as a tangent here. I'm deeply concerned about the number of people who have tried to revise what happened on January 6th into no big deal because it was, and it was not a good deal. Yes, overwhelmingly, the people who walked into the Capitol didn't know, they just thought they'd come, all the other people went in, so they went in too, but the, the Ashley Babbitts and the like, they were trying to smash their way through. You can watch, I've seen it, you can see it with your own eyes. The security footage of members of Congress literally fleeing the scene as the mob is trying to smash through the doors of the Speaker's Lobby to get to them. It's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. And reporters see some Trump supporters trying to pretend it was no big deal. Many of them were on Capitol Hill that day. And they said, we, we got to stop these people. We got to stop these people. And these people, to some degree, they're their own worst enemy. I actually think some of them are okay losing. I think some of them want to lose. I, I think that as long as they continue to lose, they can allow their grievances to fester. And I do think there's some truth to that. I do think some of these people, they want everyone else to lose too. They, they want to burn it all down. Some people do just want to watch the world burn. Glenn Youngkin is the Republican candidate for governor in Virginia, and he's on the cusp of winning. I've taken uh, to calling the people who stormed the Capitol Uncle Tifa. 
Antifa burned down small businesses across America for George in the George Floyd riots. Uncle Tifa stormed into the Capitol, smashed down the doors, and wanted to hang Mike Pence. Uncle Tifa believes the election was stolen with Hugo Chavez's ghost and hacked algorithmic computers stealing the votes and thinks that George Floyd got what he deserved and Ashley Babbitt is a hero. Martyr. Uncle Tifa really isn't much better than Aunt Tifa, and Uncle Tifa showed up in Virginia the other day with an American flag that flew on January 6th as they were storming the Capitol and demanded that people say the Pledge of Allegiance to that American flag. It was idol worship. Now, whether Uncle Tifa wants to believe it or not, Glenn Youngkin has to appeal to the people who don't like Aunt Tifa and they don't like Uncle Tifa either. They don't like the the defund the police crowd storming through mainstream middle America, burning down small businesses, and they sure as hell don't like Uncle Tifa storming the U.S. Capitol to try to stop the Electoral College votes from being counted. They don't like either of them, and Yunkin's been very good about threading the needle. And here comes Uncle Tifa the other night. Hey, where for Glenn Yunkin? Worship the flag! Bow to it. It was there on the day we stormed the Capitol. Say the Pledge of Allegiance to that flag. Glenn Youngkin was having none of it. Good for him. But these people, they want to cost him victory. Either that or they're so nuts, they don't realize how that's going to hurt him. And that what they really want is they want their leg hump. They, they want somebody to hump their leg. They want Glenn Youngkin to be the one. Well, he can't hump your leg when he's trying to get suburban voters who don't like you to vote for him. And you know what the media's done? They've pounced. Oh, look at this. These people, they were doing a fundraiser for Glenn Youngkin. These people, they brought that flag in. They're doing a fundraiser for Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin is tied to them. It's true. Youngkin is Trump. And that's where we got to go back to here is many of these people want Joe Biden to win because they want to stop the Trump supporters. From Uncle Tifa to your regular supporter of Donald Trump because he was the Republican nominee and they couldn't stand the Democrats, the, the media wants to stop all of these people from winning. And the Uncle Tifa crowd has played into their hand. A lot of these reporters on Capitol Hill in particular, they were there on January 6th. They were triggered by it, emotionally traumatized by it. And they think all Republicans were bad. And then they, they thought all Republicans were bad to begin with. They truly did. They really thought Republicans were bad. And at January 6th, yes, smugly, we knew all along they were bad authoritarian types. You know what? We need our own authoritarian to stop them. Someone who will impose vaccine mandates and scare them and make them hide so they don't come back out lest they get jabbed with a needle. We need Joe Biden. They want Joe Biden. They're of the left to begin with. They're doing everything they can to help Joe Biden. And Republicans have to understand this dynamic. But everyone else has to understand the dynamic as well. One of the, the narratives in here is that these members of the media, they're worried about the second coming of Donald Trump. They know that what's happening right now could embolden Donald Trump. He could run again, and they're scared. They don't want Donald Trump again. They've got to have Joe Biden. From the Politico today, Americans are likely to face higher prices on everything from gasoline to groceries well into next year, threatening to turn a simmering economic issue into a major political one. 
The rapid reopening of the economy this summer led to massive price hikes for travel services, used cars, and other goods that were initially dismissed as a fleeting phenomena. But the inflation spike now appears to be on track to persist deep into 2022 when midterm elections will determine who controls Congress as clogged supply chains, labor shortages, and abated consumer demand push costs even higher. Higher inflation is reasonably likely through at least next year, said Jason Furman, a top economic advisor to former President Barack Obama, who is close to the Biden administration. And once you've had two years in a row of higher inflation, it may take on some momentum of its own. The prospect has heightened concern among Democrats about the potential political fallout, and the administration has scrambled to address some of the root causes, even as officials argue that there's little they can do to resolve them on their own. And now we're starting to see narratives, narratives, not facts, narratives from the media that it's not really Joe Biden's fault. This would happen under anyone. It's out of his hands. Don't blame him. Please, American people, don't don't punish Joe Biden. It's Donald Trump's virus after all. These people in the press, they're doing everything they can to avoid Joe Biden getting blamed, but here is the problem for them. The American people blame the president when the economy is bad. The American people give the president credit when the economy is good. I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is there's not a whole lot the president of the United States by himself can do for good or for ill with the economy. It's, it's just, it's it's impossible. But every president, I, 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 I've ceased trying to defend this argument because everybody does this. The president gets credit. The president gets blame. It's just, it's it's part of the job. He's going to get the credit. He's going to get the blame. The economy does good. He gets it. The economy does bad. He gets the blame. It's, it's not really fair to blame him when the economy sucks because a lot of it is external factors, but he gets the blame. And this is the world Joe Biden is in, and the press isn't going to be able to spare him. And frankly, some of it he is blamed for. Some of it, the president's policies do matter. Flooding the economy with $5 trillion has caused, inarguably caused, inflation. The president could actually do a better job of dealing with the port and supply chain issues, but the president doesn't like to push the labor unions. They're only just now, as media outrage has begun, saying, ah, maybe we can do 24-hour shifts at the ports. Maybe we can do it. Some of the stuff the president's done, he he does he deserves a level of blame for. But but by and large, presidents get way more credit than they deserve, and they get way more blame than they, they deserve for these economic things. But right now, what you need to know is that the press wants to give Biden as much credit as possible for the good and blame the Republicans for all the bad. Because the press at this point has a vested interest in Joe Biden winning. They are desperately fearful of Republicans. They've never liked the Republicans, and now they're scared of the Republicans. They view the Republicans as authoritarian. It's not the Republicans trying to cancel people on the stage. It's not the Republicans trying to drive people off the public square. It's not the Republicans going after Dave Chappelle. It's not Republicans doing any of these things. But, oh, my gosh, January 6th was so bad. 
48% of the American voting public voted for Donald Trump. How many people voted Trump in 2020? How many people? By the numbers, Biden got 81 million votes. Trump got 74 million votes. 74,222,958 people, they're not bad. How many have been arrested? How many are going to jail for storming the Capitol? Dozens, hundreds were there. 74.2 million people are not bad. But the American media hates them because they supported Donald Trump and the American media by and large hates Donald Trump. They're done with being objective. They're done with it. They think these people are bad. The trajectory Trump put the country on was bad and, and his presence radicalized them. They've gone beyond truth-telling to activism. And now that the economy is is doing what it's doing, it's not good for Joe Biden and they are in full CYA mode on behalf of Joe Biden to protect him from it and they can't protect him from the calamity that's coming of inflation and costs and prices and slowdowns and joblessness and oh my gosh, don't pay attention, don't look. China's slowing down and that's gonna hurt even more. And you know what? A lot of this was foreseeable and predictable and a lot of it was, not all of it, but a lot of it was preventable. But the media wouldn't tell Joe Biden to stop it because they wanted him to put as much distance between himself and Trump as possible. And oh, he has by undoing a lot of policies Donald Trump did that actually kept the economy afloat. And the voters will blame him whether the media likes it or not. But for the next year, you're going to be hard-pressed to find the media willing to make Joe Biden be accountable for what he's done. Now, you guys, you need to go use Patriot Mobile for your phone service. You know, they contribute to the conservative cause. A portion of their profits go to the pro-life community, go to the Second Amendment community, Go to the veterans and first responders, portion of their profits, and they have great coverage nationwide. They got data coverage, they got voice coverage. You can go to Patriot Mobile. You can even roll your current phone number over to Patriot Mobile. You can even roll your unlocked phone over there or get a new one and get a new number. And they have 100% US based customer service. If you want to use Patriot Mobile, go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. That's patriotmobile.com slash E R I C K. Or you can call them, their customer service, 100% U.S.-based, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them that I sent you, Eric. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation, and you do business with a company that shares your values and gives a portion of the profits you help them generate to the causes you care about. You couldn't get better than that. You get patriotmobile.com slash Eric. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, I, I, but I've just, people are sending me, uh, yo mama jokes. Yo mama's so fat that when she fell down, nobody laughed, but the ground cracked up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yo mama's so ugly. The dentist laser face down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, I just, I, who doesn't love a good yo mama? Yo mama doesn't love a good yo mama joke, I guess. My kids tell them, usually in front of their mother. Um, I just, I mean, who who, who can't? <laughs> I just, I, I, I love them. I do. 
Yo mama so fat she jump in the oven, the 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 tsunami warning goes off. 